about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. My name is Art Cardos and welcome to another episode where we talk about how to get in more with the Lord, how to learn His ways, how to get closer to using the Word, not just be a, a, a looker or a watcher of the Word, but the doer of the Word, so we don't deceive our own selves. And that's what happens a lot of times. People deceive themselves into thinking they're doing the right things and they're getting, uh, they're making God happy uh, by doing the right things. But inevitably, you only make God happy when you are under his grace and mercy and accept the wonderful things that he has done for us. So if you're trying to earn your way into God's graces, you're going to miss the whole boat. The boat took off, and uh, it's all about what God did for you, not what you're doing for God. However, after you get under that grace and mercy, you do have a tendency to want to serve the Lord, but out of love and not out of obligation. It's not performance-based anymore. It is based on His mercy and His love for you and I. So welcome to the program Let's talk about what it means to be a Christian today and, and how to use the name of Jesus in a more excellent way, because he gave us that name. First of all, he created the name. He gave it power and authority. And uh, when we accept Jesus in us, that name is available to us. He gave us power of attorney to use his name. And I think a lot of times we as Christians just don't understand the full power of what has been given to us. We, we walk around still trying to do things on our own to somehow make God happy, to please God. Uh, if you go to church to please God, rather than because you know it's the right thing to do because the Lord said, don't ever forsake the gathering together of yourselves. There's a reason for that, because there's a corporate anointing that comes out of gathering together. You can't get on your own. And I don't care who you are or what you think you know, there is a corporate anointing. So we find a church that hopefully teaches the word, or that the anointing is present, because when you go there, you're joining with that anointing. And you are contributing to that anointing. You're bringing your piece of that anointing, your piece of the puzzle when you go there as well. And some people have other organizations, Bible studies and groups that get together, prayer groups to bring together, gather together for a corporate anointing. And what is a corporate anointing? A corporate anointing, of course, is what it sounds like, but it's the multiplication of anointings, gifts, that each one of us has, bringing it together in the fullness of a circle, of a, of a group, where the anointing that's on that person comes on me. The anointing that's on me goes on them. And we share the gifts. We share it by 
because we love the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. We love the Lord and therefore are sharing our anointings. Not there to do one-upmanship. Not there to see if you're better than someone else. Stay out of the performance-based groups, okay, where you have to prove to them who you are. And if you're a part of a group where the leadership is always telling you how great they are, well, then that's an issue also. So we want to come together in total humility, serving the Lord and lifting up his name, the name that he gave us, the name that's above every name, that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, he gave us power of attorney to use his name. And when the the uh, apostles of Jesus that were following him uh, were listening to him pray over people and pray, and they said, will you teach us how to do that? Tell us how we should pray. We're a little confused. You know, we've been brought up one way, and now we're hearing another way. And could you show us or teach us how to pray? And the very first thing he says, I mean, obviously gives us the Our Father, but Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And you know the rest of it. But hallow be thy name. What hallow? What is that? And so the the, the whole sacredness of the hallowed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If we don't get this part right, the rest of the prayer is great, but it doesn't have the fullness of the power because Jesus is saying to us to hallow the name, hallow the ground of the name. You know, we make it holy to us. Do you know that our Father or that Jesus' name is the holiest name that ever was ever be, there ever will be. And that name is esteemed throughout all, all eternity, all creation, as the name that is above every name. And he has given us that hallowed name, because God in Jesus gave us Jesus, and we are to hallow that name. Now, I know the the third commandment is you know that you know not to take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Yet people, if you don't hallow the name of Jesus in your life, make it holy to you when you even say it, then you already have have it in vain to to a degree because you aren't giving it the power or the respect that it deserves. Um, the, the whole premise of the name, the name of Jesus, is that he gave us his name, that at, <coughs> at the use of it, <coughs> we, we can see circumstances changed, but we have to lift him up. Then we lift up the name of Jesus, he lifts us up. So we are lifting up the name. We are hallowing the name. We are respecting. We are worshiping. We are lifting in our being the name of Jesus. And if you don't lift it up and carry it in that esteem, then when you go to use it, it has no power. It has the power you gave it. 
not the power God gave it. God gave Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the ultimate power over every circumstance and situation. But do you believe that? Do you even think that when you say, in Jesus' name? I pray for this or for that, in Jesus' name. What do you believe is happening? If you lift up in reverence what he did and the name, then when you speak it, it will have that authority and power. And Jesus said, when, he, when they said, teach us how to pray, he said to them, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You must say it. If you don't say it, you don't, it's not, it's not, you didn't pray it. You have to say it. That is the premise of everything that we do. God's word has to be spoken. First there was the word, then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. <clears throat> and that Jesus of Nazareth, that Jesus who died on the cross, defeated Satan once and for all, we are to reverence the name, lift up the name, because he gave us the power of attorney to use his name. Go into all the earth, take my name. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose will be loosed. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is the most powerful thing you can use on your behalf. So, we are to carry that name with us wherever we go. We carry the name. The name is a strong tower. In, in Proverbs 18.10, it talks about the name is a strong tower, and we are to run into it. <clears throat> God is that tower. We are to run to the tower where he will protect us. And the name is a seed. We, we are sowing seed when we say his name. We are sowing seed. The Bible says that in Mark that he get, the sower sows the word. And God gives us the seed to sow. We have to sow that name, speak that name, and elevate that name, and start to elevate it in a way that you never even thought of. Um, the, the, the power is in the name, and the name is a seed. And when we speak that seed, <coughs> we put it into the earth, and it begins to work on our behalf. So, you know, I know a lot of times one of the things about using the name or using any of this is, do you feel in right standing with God? Are you feeling like you are the righteousness of Christ? Because sometimes we get pretending that we are better than others because we've been able to keep the law. Let me read this here from John 1.17. <clears throat> For the law was given to Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus the Christ. So grace and truth is different than the law. The law came from Moses, and the law came so that we would know we broke the law. You wouldn't even know you, you were a sinner until the law came, because there were no laws. So when the law came, now you say, well, I, can't, I broke the law. But then came the grace and truth of Jesus the Christ. The grace and truth 
in Jesus is what makes us free from the law. <clears throat> so what the law couldn't do, because it caused us to realize we were sinners, the grace of God could do through Jesus. It's like a speed limit sign. <clears throat> you, um, you and I go down the road, if there wasn't a speed limit sign, you wouldn't know you were speeding. If there was no speed limit that somebody made a law for, you wouldn't know you were, you were doing that. So we now know we break the law when we speed. Did you ever speed? Did you ever go above the speed limit in any specific area? I think probably everyone has at some time or another. And when you do that, do you feel like, oh, I sinned? No. You just say, well, I, you know, nobody saw me. And that's kind of the way sin works, too. We kind of give ourselves credit like we do things that aren't right, and we just let ourselves, yeah, well, that wasn't so bad. But sin is sin. That's the most important thing to realize, that if you've committed one sin, you've committed them all. So there are none righteous in the earth, none, except for one. That was Jesus the Christ. So when we accept Jesus, we get his righteousness with it. We are only righteous under Jesus the Christ. So here in Romans 6.14, it says, For where sin shall have dominion over you, you are not under law but under grace. So the minute you know or convict your, or know you sinned, the minute you know you sin, you sinned. You're under bondage. Like there's that feeling, like I, yeah, oh boy, you know. You may not even admit it to yourself, but you can. It just is a feeling that you feel that you you did something wrong. But through Christ, we're not under the dominion of that law anymore. We're under the grace and mercy of God, so we are free. <clears throat> free from feeling like that. We don't need to feel like we've sinned. We can go to Jesus, lifting up that name, and say, thank you, sir, for what you've done. I, I thank you that you paid the price for my sin. I'm under your grace. Now I'm going gonna, gonna to go try harder the next time. But when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. That's what the Bible says. In Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. For where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. So where, where you sin more and more and more, God's holding on to you with his grace. And he's saying, <clears throat> he's saying that my grace is sufficient. My grace will get you through. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to desert you. No matter what you did wrong, no matter how many times you did it wrong, just keep lifting up his name and thanking him that he, his grace delivers us from the penalty of the law. You cannot satisfy the law. Whoever you are, if you're watching or listening to this, you cannot and never will satisfy all the laws of God. And if you've broken one, you've broken them all. Therefore, it's by his grace, by his mercy. So to the degree that we learn how God loves us, then we begin to love him 
the same way and accept the free gifts that he's given us. First, he's given us his name, our Father, who art in heaven. Holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we want his kingdom, but we can't get it without his name being holy. It is holy, but we have to make it holy. Some people take his name and say all kinds of things with it. But that's not even what we're talking about here. To use his name in vain is really not to use it at all. Then what he did on the cross becomes of no effect. And and you are literally just <clears throat> saying to the saying to God, I don't really believe what you did on the cross changes anything. That's not a good thing. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you've been delivered from and what Jesus did on the cross. And believe me, he did a lot that you need, you and I need to realize every day of our life. So the law entered so sin would abound um, because now we know we sin, so it becomes obvious. But grace abounds much more so that as sin reigned to death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> so, in that, <clears throat> in that, we are born again into righteousness. We are no longer under dominion of making mistakes. So, when you fail today, you will at something you are no longer captive or in dominion or feeling bad about yourself. Maybe you've tried to be on a diet because you're really overweight and you want to lose weight and you keep failing. Well, judge yourself. Go, Man, I want to do this. I'm going to get right back on there when you mess up. But then what happens is you can walk around depressed if you don't know that you're no longer captive to that. We, we surrender to the Lord. We say, Lord, I made a mistake. I want to start again. And thank you, Lord, that I'm free from the captivity of my mind telling me I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. You can't do it. You can't quit smoking. You can't quit this. You can't do that. You can't quit it. Well, you can with the help of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and that's what it means. That's what it means to surrender to the Lord, lift up his name, and at the same time, don't be captive to the sin because you're set free by the blood of Jesus. He paid the price for your sins. Hebrews 10.29 How much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worth, will be, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God's underfoot, who counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. So if you don't think the blood is enough, if you don't think what Jesus did is enough, if you don't think his name has all the power in it, it says here that you are counting, you are putting it, trampling it. You're trampling it and insulting the Spirit of grace. <clears throat> so there is a Spirit of grace 
who's trying to continually tell you that you are set free, that you're loved by God. And if you don't accept that, you insult that spirit. That's what he's telling us right there. Now, I'm going to read it to you one more time in the Amplified Classic Edition. Hebrews 10.29 How much worse, sterner, or heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve if you have spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God, who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated, common and unhallowed. So, hallow be thy name. If you're thinking it's unhallowed, it's not hallowed, thus you are profaning it and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit, who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. So, let's think about this. Jesus goes to the cross, does everything he's got to do, and then the Holy Spirit's job is to impart the gift, to give it to you, tell you you're forgiven, tell you you're loved, tell you, okay, don't worry, you sinned, so get up, get up, get up, and take the forgiveness, and move on, move on. I'm imparting grace, and you go, nah, I don't want to receive that, or I don't believe that. I don't believe what Jesus did was enough for a guy like me or a girl like me. I don't believe what he did set me free because I'm still that person. No, you're not. Not if you've accepted Jesus. And the the grace that's imparted by the Holy Spirit will bring you through to the point where you no longer want to do that. Not because you did it. Not because you said, I don't want to do that. but because the Spirit of grace has brought you to a different place in life where you say, I really don't want to do that. There's a difference. If he who began the work in you will do the work, not you, you aren't doing the work to break out of an addiction. If you think you're going to do the work and break yourself out of addictions, you're kidding yourself. You really are. Because addictions are habits that you decided you wanted in your life. Once you accept Jesus and you say, I want to change, the Holy Spirit will impart the strength and the grace so that you actually change. Because if you try to do it all on your own, apart from the Spirit of grace, you will continually fall into a trap a merry-go-round effect where it keeps coming back, and sometimes it comes back stronger than it was in the beginning. So, hallowing the name of Jesus, lifting it up, making it holy in your life, realizing that if you speak the name of Jesus, you have released the power from the throne of God. And it will, it will, not you will, it will, continue changing your life. It will change your life. It will change you. It will bring you to a different place if you will simply hallow the name. Lift it up. Our Father who art in heaven, hallow, holy, holy, holy is your name. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth, for me, right now, here, like it is in heaven. So, hallow the name. Hallow the name. Make it holy in your life. Make it special. When you say that name, your whole body might tingle because of what you have hallowed it to be. The name that's above every name. The name that will change everything. The name. The name. The name of Jesus. So, we are in a place where we want what God wants for us. When you realize that God wants for you everything you think you want, only He wants it the right way, and sometimes we do it the wrong way, when we come to a place of realizing that the whole, from the very beginning, He just wanted to bless you. He just wants you healthy, wealthy, yes, healthy, yes, wealthy, blessed, it means blessed, and eternal with Him. He wants you back eternally with Him. He wants to, you to know when you leave this planet, when you die, when you, and you will die, you leave the planet, you will be back in what we call the heavenly places with Him. And you will have everything then as you want it also. You will want, you will get everything back and you will have more. But now he wants you to have it on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus said to pray. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, on earth, on earth, on earth as it is already in heaven. <clears throat> what? You think that there's broke? Busted, sick, and disgusted people in heaven? Do you? Do you really think that's what heaven is? Because God, Jesus is saying, pray that that comes now to earth as it is in heaven. So if you're anyone who says, I don't think I'm supposed to be prosperous, or I don't think I'm supposed to be healthy, you go against every fiber and every grain of what Jesus has taught, and even how to pray, because that's not anywhere in the Bible. Satan wants you to be that way. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you feel stolen from, and if you feel like you don't have enough to pay the bills, and this, you are stolen from, God wants you to renew your mind. He wants you to take the name, his name, the name of Jesus, and apply it to your circumstances so that the Spirit of Grace, the Holy Spirit, will change your circumstances, change the outcome. It will change everything if you will allow yourself to come under the Spirit of Grace. Will you? Hallow be thy name, holy. Holy, holy, holy be the name of Jesus. Is that the way you start your day? Good morning, Jesus. It's Art, or it's Tom, or Frank, or Sally, or whoever. Good morning. Holy be your name. I'm lifting you up, sir. 
Thank you. Thank you for creating me, making me, dying for me, and I receive all the blessings you want me to have today. I receive it, and I resist all the evil from the devil. I resist it. I receive the blessings in Jesus' name, the name that's above every name. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back after this message. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, and we are talking about the power of the name of Jesus. I think as Christians, too often, we just take it for granted. We take for granted our rights and privileges as Americans. You take for granted that you are allowed to go anywhere you want to go in this country, without even having to show identification. You just get in your car and you go somewhere. It's not like that everywhere in the world. And there are those that are trying to take that away from this country. They want to know everything about you. And that's where this whole digital world is taking us so that they can control every aspect of your life. But fortunately, we have a name that's above every name. And God, of course, wants us to love him as he loves us. But you really can't fully appreciate God and love him until you realize how much he loves you. He really, really, really loves us to the point where he put himself in a position where there was only one way through this thing. And he had to go to the cross, suffer, tortured for you. And we walk around like, yeah, I accepted Jesus. Oh, yeah, I got him. Yep, yep, I'm going to heaven. Yep, my name is written, written in the book of life. What about today? Are you taking the power of that name, of what he did, and it exercising your rights as a king's kid over your life today? His life and his death and resurrection is a seed that he planted. And then when you accept that seed, it's in you. Is that seed growing or is it groaning? The Bible says that the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. So is it growing in you or groaning to get out? To, to grow, let it grow, 
That's where we are. And that's what we need to do. Hallowed be the name of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy be his name. When you lift him up, he'll lift you up. Are you lifting him up? Or are you just putting him in a box and say, look, you know, that was yesterday. That that was Sunday. Um, I think what I'll do, I got to go to work now. So Lord, I don't have time to, to pray and I don't have time to think about you. But I'm going to go because I'm, you know, boy, I got to do my my work thing. And, and then I got the family thing. And, um, you know, I got a lot of pressure. I got a lot of pr- and missing the whole idea of allowing the Lord to work through us in every circumstance and situation. Home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual and financial. I lift up the name of Jesus. <clears throat> I praise his name. I give him honor, I give him glory, and I worship him for what he did for me so that my whole life can be transformed by the blood that he shed. And that's what we're to be doing. We are children of God. We are, the, we are king's kids, and we are to act like that. Um, you know, our minds are our goal setters. Do you have goals? What are your goals? Are you serving the Lord? Are you serving yourself? Do you look for opportunities to help others? Or is that something you just don't have time for? You know, I think the fig tree that Jesus cursed, when we think about that, he went to this fig tree expecting to get fruit. I think a lot of times that fig tree represents the church. We go to the church expecting to get fruit because it was the time fruit is supposed to be there, but there was no fruit. And said he cursed it. Do you go to a church where there's no fruit, where they're not speaking the word of God, where it's not alive? Well, Jesus cursed that fig tree and withered up by the roots. If you're not preaching the word of God, which is alive, You're a fig tree without fruit. So we have to change our way of looking at the Word. The Word is alive. It's a seed, and it's alive. And we plant that seed in our heart, in the ground. We have to make our ground fertile, make sure it believes. So hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So... Everything happens in the invisible. It really does. It's Things you cannot see are happening all the time, good and bad. And the, the whole idea is to allow our faith to change the outcome of your daily life. If you're bored, broke, busted, sick, disgusted, the good news is, starting today, you can change. And it doesn't take years. You can change in a day. You can change in a week. You can change in a month. You can change the outcome of your life. Whatever it is you want to change, you take the name of Jesus and apply it to it. Speak it with authority because you believe in the name, that it is the name that God has given us to use. We do have power in attorney. 
Don't sit there saying there's nothing I can do. It's just the way my life is. You don't know how sick I am. You don't know how broke I am. Stop it. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. He's been the same liar for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Same lies. And all he wants to do is keep you believing there's nothing you can do. Yet God, who created you, has put in place a system called the kingdom of God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy, be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth in my life. Today, as it already is in heaven. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread. Give me what I need today. Give me what I want today. Is that so different? What do you want? Do you want enough just for you, or do you want enough to help others too? If it's all about you, looking good, smelling good, driving good, being what? If it's all about you, Of course you're not going to ever get ahead. It's got to be about who you're helping, who you're giving to. Love one another as Christ loved the church. That's where we are. Loving one another as Jesus, as God loved us. If you get a hold, if we get a hold of how much God loves us, everything changes. Everything changes at that point. Hebrews 13.5, let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So, if you're trying to work, 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 to get ahead, get ahead, get ahead, and not lifting up the name of Jesus above that, he can't do this. He wants to come in and say, I'm not going to desert you. Trust me, I'll get you the money. Trust me, I'll get you the health. Lift up my name. But our character, our disposition has to be free of loving money. It's the love of money that's the root of evil, not money. I just want it. I don't love it. I want a nice car. I don't love it. I enjoy it, but I don't love it. We love the Lord. Lift up his name. He will then take care of you. He says it right here. I will not in any way fail you. Will you let him prove that to you? Will you lift up his name higher than your own? thoughts, and allow him to prove to you that he has a system in place called the kingdom of God, and his will 
will be done if you allow his will to be done. Stop telling God what his will is for your life. Let his will be your life. And I'll tell you what it will look like. It won't be specific because every one of us is different, but it will be blessed. It will be blessed. You will be blessed going in, blessed coming out. You will not lack because Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You will not lack. That is what God wants for you. Let him do it. Stop saying he can't. Stop saying he can't. Stop believing it won't happen. And, and I, I mean, I, I hear people all the time, you know, they'll tell you, pray for me, this is what I need, and you pray. And then they'll say something like, well, I don't know if that'll ever happen for me, but thank you. Their words have not elevated the name of Jesus above that disease. Their words have not elevated the name of Jesus. So they're saying, they're equating the disease higher than the name of Jesus. Jesus' name is not hallowed in their life. You don't know, Hart. You don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. God does. And you're saying what you've been through has more power than the name of Jesus. You don't know what situation I'm in. Your situation, you're saying, has more power than the name. Elevate the name. Put what you're going through under the name. In your life, thou shalt not have false gods. People make the sickness a god. They make the lack, the poverty, a god. They elevate it. What about all the shortages? What about what's coming? What about the price of gas? Stop elevating it above the name. The name of the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is far above any circumstance and situation that you will ever face. But you have not elevated the name. You have made it equal to the problem or less. Do you see? Where do you see the name? If you've been given a name that's above every every name, and every knee will bow, spiritual knee, physical knee, every knee, if you use it, because you're given power of attorney, but you don't believe that that name has the power to do everything and anything today. If you don't believe that, you have grieved the Holy Spirit of grace. It is God's grace and mercy that he wants to impart to you. Elevate the name. Elevate it. Lift it up. When's the last time in your mind you made the name of Jesus above every thought that's going on in your mind? Every problem that you face today. Is the problem elevated above the name or is the name elevated above the problem? Elevate the name. Hallowed be the name. Hallowed be the name. Hallowed be the name. Hallowed. Praise ye, Lord Jesus. Your name 
is above every circumstance, every situation that I will ever face. So today, here's my list of things that I must have dominion over. You told me to take dominion. So these are the things today that I must take dominion over. And I'm elevating the name of Jesus, knowing that that name will change every outcome on my list today. But Art, what if it doesn't happen? See how that doubt comes in? See, it's like, I don't want to do that because it may not happen, and then I have to deal with that. Where is your faith in the name? And if you don't see every tittle of things happening today, get up and do the same thing tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. Renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, this doesn't work. You are still living with the world's standard. And the world's standard, oh my gosh, doesn't even mention the name of Jesus. How do you want to solve global warming if there is such a thing? I have my own thoughts on how where that originates from. But how do you solve it? The name of Jesus. How do you solve the national debt? The name of Jesus. How do you solve the cancer problem in your life? The name of Jesus. How do you solve any problem? The name. And if you don't put that name in the place where it belongs, if you don't hallow the name, lift it up, then you, my friend, are grieving the Holy Spirit who wants to impart grace standing right there, holding on to you, clutching you, saying, let me, let me, let me bless you. Let me heal you. Let me fill your account with money today. So which are you doing? Are you elevating the name every day or putting it on a downward spiral? Because your problem, whatever it is, quote, your problem is more powerful than the name. Is that name all and everything, or is it a game you play on Sunday? And I watch people go to church, depending on what kind of faith you practice in church, with their heads down, not sure what God's going to do. God works in mysterious ways. For you, it might be mysterious. But you can count on his name not being anything mysterious. Just lift it up. Elevate it. Praise him. Thank him. You lift up him, he lifts up you. To the degree that you give the power to the name, the name has the power to work for you. Jesus went to the cross, defeated every problem, every problem that you will ever encounter if you will use his name. But what do you think his name means? What do you think his name can do? Because that's where your faith begins. Your faith in the name. You have the power of attorney. God has given you the name and said, go, use my name, in my name. Cast out demons and devils. Take over. Subdue the earth. 
pick up where Adam lost it. Everybody wants to blame Adam. You are fighting the same battle of eating from the wrong tree of information. Get to the tree of life, of living water, and that's the name. Jesus may not be physically walking here on the earth like he was with the apostles, but his name and what he did after when he went into hell and defeated Satan, now we have more power, more authority than the apostles ever could have imagined. It wasn't until he died on that cross, descended into hell, defeated hell, and rose from the dead that the keys of the kingdom of God were handed over to us so that each one of us could say no to the tree of knowledge of good and evil and revert back to where Adam was eating from the tree of life legally. We legally now can eat from that tree that Adam ate from before he fell. What tree are you eating from? What man or church or person is causing you not to understand the full power of his name? Lift it up. Lift up the power. Lift up the name. Lift it up. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. What do you think it is in heaven? People aren't broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Come on. What do you think the almighty creator of everything wants for you? He wants the full blessing to come on you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit who wants to impart grace and mercy. He wants you to to take the name that's above every name, where every knee will bow, every bank will bow, every debt will bow, every problem, every disease, those mentioned and those not mentioned, any disease will bow when you elevate the name above the disease, not the disease above the name. But you don't know what my doctor said. What are you talking about? How about Dr. Jesus? You don't know what my doctor said. Dr. Jesus said his name is above every name. Elevate it. See, I think we just take it for granted. That's what I think. That people, you know, accept Jesus, and that's wonderful. That's step one. But then we have to understand what we just accepted, don't we? When we accepted the full power of the blessing of the name, that's everything. Righteousness, holiness. We are given the name that's above every name. What are we doing with it? Are you, you're carrying that name every day, but at what level are you carrying it? Are you carrying that name in a way that causes it to be put on a shelf, let's get it out again on Sunday, or when we go to prayer group, but I got to go to work now, so the name of Jesus, well, I, I, I'm thankful, oh, I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven, yeah, 
I get that. Praise God, I am too. I'm blessed to know that. But let's elevate the name in our lives to where it's supposed to be. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So don't carry it in vain. Don't make what he did of no effect in your life by carrying the name. I got the name. I got the name. I got the name of Jesus. Well, I, I, I can't really use it today. It's Monday or it's, Sun, it's Tuesday. It's Friday. It's what, party day. It's the name. Elevate the name and the name will do the work. Jesus wants to do the work. You know that, right? He did all the work. It's done. Everything and every circumstance around you must comply when you elevate the name. And I think one of the biggest things is that we don't elevate the name. I think we have missed that. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his whole spirit. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. It's the Holy Spirit in us who wants to get to you victory over every circumstance and situation. How can he do that if you don't elevate the name of his Holy Son? God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are knocking at the door. Let me in. Let me in. Okay, you're in. I accepted you, Jesus. Let me turn your life around. Elevate my name. Use my name. Take everything I did. Take the blood. Take my name. Well, there is the key. Take the name. And we're out of time. I will talk to you again next week when we talk about being all in with the Lord. We hope this made a difference in your life. I hope that the name of Jesus, the next time you think about it or speak it, will have a whole different level. And you'll use it to defeat every situation of the day, today, with that name. Have a great week. We're all in with the Lord. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history It's about you, it's about me It's about time